largest infrastructure project the city's ever seen. We're making history here. This project was built for Kansas City by Kansas City. They're still employing people to this very day. It's so warm and welcoming. This just represents the growth of the city. A new tradition, new opportunities, and opportunities that truly reflect our whole region and its diversity. Something that Kansas City is going to be proud of for, for generations to come. Welcome to KSHB 41's limited series podcast, now boarding, year one of KCI's single terminal. I'm Taylor Hymnus, morning anchor at KSHB 41. We are approaching the finish line, or I guess if we want to extend the metaphor, we're beginning our final descent. This is episode 10 of this podcast, and as I record this, we're only a month away from the anniversary of the terminal's grand opening. It really does feel like just yesterday I was out there for live coverage in our morning show the day it opened. Honestly, it doesn't feel like that long ago we were getting renderings as the project approached its halfway mark during construction. So in this episode, we're talking ice and snow, though. Obviously, Kansas City saw a lot of that in January, so I wanted to see really how we did in our first real winter weather test. My guest this month is Melissa Cooper, who was promoted to Kansas City's aviation director in November of 2023. She actually made history as the first woman to ever hold that job. She chatted with me this month about exactly what it takes to make sure winter weather doesn't shut down an airport, and she led with her grade of how her department has handled everything. All right, Melissa, let's just get into it. How do you think uh, the the terminal has done this this winter, so to speak? We've had, it feels like, about 45 days, even though it's only been about 12 days of extreme cold in in Kansas City. Uh, Give me your, your grade for how the terminal has handled this ice and snow. I would give us a beef overall on how the system and the terminal is working. We have put a lot of energy and thought into snow removal, um, ice removal, aircraft come and go, and that is what we're here for. So we've learned some lessons. We've done some things um, differently just with the different difference in how the terminal aprons are shaped from an airfield snow removal standpoint. We've had to modify our de-icing location, went from de-icing at the gate to a a single de-icing location, a centralized location. And uh, the majority of the terminal has worked very well during the cold weather. What does the level of ice and snow, and you can answer this in, in two ways if you want to, because obviously ice and snow are two very different things when it comes to how you respond to things from transportation wise, but what does winter weather mean to a terminal? Is it specifically what's going on outside with planes? Is there more of an impact potentially on how people get in and out of, of the weather into the terminal to make their flights? Obviously, flights being canceled because of winter weather. When you see on the forecast, this is what is coming. What does that mean to a, to a terminal? I think the first thing to know in aviation, our number one priority always will be the safety safety of the flying public. And that goes from the second they enter our uh, roads, we're responsible for making sure the roads are clear, the sidewalks are clear, parking lots are clear. Once you get into the terminal, that you're safe. Once you get insecure, once you get onto the aircraft, that your aircraft's safe and secure. The, uh, the airport and the aviation department's responsible specifically for runways and taxiways and apron snow removal. The airlines are responsible for de-icing of the actual aircraft, but our number one priority is always going to be safety. That being said, weather impacts aviation, and we have to do 
everything we can to ensure that that safety is not compromised. The FAA has very specific regimented requirements for the airport, for commercial service airports. We need to make sure that the airport runways and taxiways are completely clean for aircraft taking off and departing and arriving at the airport. Uh, if you think about a snow removal operation in a normal, let's say a parking lot of a, a mall or shopping mm -hmm. area, okay. you often see big, large mounds of 10 foot, 12 foot, 20 foot snow banks. They've been moved out of the way. They've all pushed, pushed it over. <clears throat> that is something that we can't do with the aviation department. When you're talking about runways and taxiways, we have to, we have 200 foot wide lanes. So if you imagine a runway is 200, 200 feet wide, uh, nearly two miles long. And so we're pushing that um, snow over from the center. If weather cooperates and wind cooperates, we're going to go center and work our way out and then use large snow blowers to blow them up and over the signs and the lights. Uh, we cannot have wingtips hit uh, from an aircraft hit a snowbank. Uh, wow. We've seen a little bit of difference in our new uh, configuration with the H-shaped, I-shaped um, aprons. So we do um, push into big snowbanks, snow, and then we have front, uh, equipment operators operating front loaders who are picking up the snow and then putting them into a specialized snow melting system to uh, remove those snow banks from the airfield. Again, safety, number one priority on the airfield and at the terminal. Do you think that most people understand that that balance that you were describing of who's responsible for what whenever it comes to ice and snow removal of what the airlines are responsible for versus what the airport itself is responsible for? I think the passenger expects that they have a, a, a seamless experience at the airport. Yeah. Uh, the airport, really, we are liaisons between every step of the experience for the passenger. And we'll be working with our stakeholders to make that seamless. So, no, I don't expect a passenger to know at what point it gets handed off from uh, stakeholder to stakeholder. But we're going to be working together to make sure that's a, a smooth, a smooth of an experience for our traveling public as possible. Obviously, the from the from the traveler standpoint, what you're con most concerned about is safety. What the traveler is most concerned about is, am I going to be able to make my flight? Am I going to be able to get where I'm supposed to go because of ice and snow, either here or where I'm going? Um, in the mornings on KSHB 41, where we do a snow and ice day, and we're talking about roads and that kind of thing, we'll dip in on flykc.com and check on the whole list of here's what's delayed, here's what's not going to go. Um, but when I do that, I don't know why one has been canceled or not. Whenever I look at that list, I, I think about the people that aren't going to make their that flight that's been canceled or delayed. Tell walk me through that process of weather, snow and ice impacting a, a, a flight of not being able to go. Is that an airline decision? Is it an airport? What is what does that look like when uh, a flight is not going to go because of weather? The ultimate decision of an airline to cancel or delay a flight is the responsibility of the airline. Okay. They are looking at a large number of factors. Aircraft arrive from somewhere, come to Kansas City, and then depart somewhere. So the system is really impacted by um, the entire nation, the whole the whole weather system, an international weather system. Right. If you have uh, an airline who has a traditional, we call it hub and spoke system, and they fly from Kansas City to Denver and back, or Kansas City, Chicago and back, or Kansas City, Atlanta and back. If you have significant weather in Chicago, that airline's going to see significant 
problems throughout their whole system because every other flight, generally speaking, is coming in and out of that that area. You have other airlines, and the Southwest being one of them, who's our largest market share. Their aircraft are traveling from several you know locations and it may stop in kansas city and then move on to more locations and then come back through a different location so they're not this traditional hub and spoke so they may have weather experiences that are going to be maybe harder to recover from because it's a whole nation issue versus a centralized one location but each airline is ultimately responsible for managing their uh, their operations in that sense it's the airport's responsibility to ensure that they have a, a safe space to come to when they land and take off. And so yeah. there have been occasions where um, either the, to the um, nature of the event, maybe the winds are coming out of an east-west direction where we're normally a north-south direction and the crosswind component is too large. Uh, maybe the intensity of the snowfall is too hard and too quick. We can't keep up with it. Um, we have, there's chances that we actually will have to be the ones that close a runway. Very, very rarely do we close the actual airport. We have three runways, so we have opportunities to um, to transition from runway to runway to runway. The FAA requires us to be able to clear a runway within 30 minutes. So really, yes. So we we're continually working uh, with the airlines to try to ensure that. We're not the the reason that they're canceled, but sometimes uh, Mother Nature doesn't always cooperate with our plans. Yeah. <clears throat> One of my favorite things about these conversations, and I've admitted, admitted, I've told all the people I've, I've interviewed that I'm not by any stretch of the imagination a frequent flyer. I grew up in a small, small town, didn't travel a whole lot, and have not, I just don't travel a whole lot. Um, I've yet to fly out of the new terminal at KCI. I hope to in the next uh, month or so, but I've yet to, yet to do that. Maybe I'll get to go cover a Super Bowl in a couple of weeks and I'll be able to do that. Knock on wood. Let's um, that. That's right. But I, <clears throat> I, I, I was saying, I, I enjoy these conversations, especially from uh, people that are tied to the airport or to airlines, because I always learn something. And I felt really dumb a couple of minutes ago when you talked about snow and ice banks in relation to wingspan. I think every time we talk about the airport being affected by snow and ice on the morning show, I am thinking of, the wheels of the actual plane, the contact of where plane meets ground. I can admit now, and I feel dumb about it. I've never once thought about, well, is the snow too high that it might impact the wings out there? And that, like, I, I'm, I'm assuming that most people, frequent flyer or not, had would would think of it because we think of terms in car with our 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 plane, our tires on the road, planes tires on the runway, but you've got this whole other section of the plane that's not touching anything but air hopefully. And if it can't, you're not going to go. That's, that's a wild thought to me about that snow, that snow piling up. Yeah. I think that is something that most people understand. I think as we see it in our personal life uh, on the roads or in our driveways or on our sidewalks, we think about pushing snow and moving it. This is more, I I explained it as shoving snow. We have to (laughs) shove it to the side and then we have to pick it up in the big snow blowers and, and throw it off to the of out into the airfield. Um, and then also, if you think about what a highway looks like on a, on a snow morning, yeah, uh, how you'll have the well-traveled lane. And then the, I'm going to try to pass here on the left and see if that's yes. going to work out for me lane. That's yes. not an approved uh, expectation on the airfield. They are, the FAA expects 
the runway to be cleared all 200 feet the entire length. And so um, it is a constant, um, you don't wait till the storm's over and come out and do it. It is a constant uh, operation um, of highly qualified equipment operators who are are doing uh, lots of hard work to keep that air, airfield safe for our passengers. And you mentioned earlier, FAA requires it to be done in 30 minutes? Correct. Each runway has to be cleared within 30 minutes. So we're required from the FAA to have enough equipment and most importantly, personnel who can, yeah. who can make that happen. Is there anything else that would not occur to me about just to continue your example of clearing a runway versus clearing a highway? Like I, I know what those uh, trucks look like. I, you know, mm-hmm. I passed them. On. Is it going to be a similar type of truck that gets out there and clears the highway? Or does it look a little bit more specialized? Yeah, our our equipment's going to look very similar in shape, very different in size. When you think of a highway truck or something that's going down maybe your residential street, you're looking at a snowplow of 8 feet, 10 feet, maybe 12 feet. Um, On the airfield, we're looking from um, 18 to 22 feet wide, our uh, front brooms um, to help clear the the snow and ice to clear pavement are 22 feet wide. Our snow blowers, like you would use on a, a driveway, sidewalk driveway. Yeah. Um, they're throwing 7,500 tons of snow an hour. Oh my God. And I think the biggest thing that surprised me, I've been doing, I've had 17 seasons of snow removal, um, yeah. working as snow boss, running with the crews, uh, making those decisions. Um, you learn quickly that snow doesn't pack in, it's not always soft. When there's it's flying out of that snowblower, it's hard. Yeah. It could break, crack a windshield. It's it's for real moving. Um, I worked at the downtown airport for many many years, and we would uh, have that big snowblower experience, and that would really tr- stop traffic on 169 because it's so impressive. A lot, yeah. of, lot of snow, um, pretty pictures, a lot of hard work. I'm sure. Um, I think the other I thing you asked about um, that I think most people don't know is every airport manager I've ever known, every uh, snow removal uh, personnel who's who's moved uh, snow of any for any time would take ten inches of snow over a blaze of ice any day. Um, we have requirements from the FAA on what we can and can't use for snow removal. That's we can't use traditional salt that is real effective on the streets uh, that is corrosive to aircraft engines and not allowed. So we have right. expensive product uh, that's that's not uh, um, as easily to obtain. And so we're we're really working hard on, on ice to make sure that there's uh, no slip and falls, no aircraft excursions, nothing bad happens. Safety yeah. is super key there. I got in trouble. I'm, I'm glad you brought ice up because I want to ask you about it. I got in trouble with our meteorologist, Lindsay Anderson, on Monday morning. This we're, we're recording this now on the 24th as I'm recording this, January 24th. Uh, Monday morning of this week is when we had that layer of ice overnight. Uh, after the Chiefs-Bills game, we had that freezing rain move through Kansas City. And I got in trouble that morning because I said on air, I was shocked. And she looked at me like, I've been telling you this was going to happen. <laughs> and what I should have said was, not that I was shocked that it was ha- that it happened. I was shocked still at even the impact because I've lived here a little over six years, and I've never once had an ice situation 
that I could not even get out of my street in Shawnee, Kansas. And that's the situation Monday morning. Like I went to go out and skid it out of my residential street and nearly left the roadway getting out. That's what shocked me. We'd, I'd never had one impact that way. That that glaze of ice that you mentioned, I'm assuming hit and affected KCI too. Uh, that's That's got to be a whole different mindset, I assume, whenever you get ice instead of two feet of snow. Well, we did luck out on Monday. Um, the We didn't get the the same um, level of ices um, south, Good. but a little goes a long way. It, yeah. it, it It's disastrous for an aircraft um, aircraft performance. So that's why you'll see de-icing or defrosting on any uh, aircraft surface the airlines are handling. But yeah, we have to be very clear and very quick in recovering. Uh, we're, we're focused on pretreatment. We're focused on... Uh, continuous monitoring to make sure that if the payment temps, which is really the key, right, is, uh, and that's something that I, you know, you learn during snow removal. It's really the pavement temperature. So that's right. We're monitoring that, we have sensors inside our runways to help us uh, continually monitor um, what those pavement temps are, and really watching that that sweet spot from thirty two point one down to thirty two to thirty one point nine, and that is a game changer and just fractions. Of an or fractions of it, it really does impact just just tenths of a degree. Really, you can you can see an impact. Yes, absolutely. That's got to be wild when you're looking out at a runway at five o'clock in the morning <laughs> and yeah. going, "Alrighty, we're, we're, we gotta we gotta switch things up a little bit here." This this got colder than we hoped it was it was going to get. And we do have at both airports, we have our crews are working twenty four hours a day um, out there. Um, continuously because those those conditions can change within within a minute. So yep. we're we're continuously um, ensuring that we're doing the best that we can to ensure safety of our uh, flying public. I want to ask you also if you could to compare and contrast a little bit, um, whether it be pros and cons or, or however you see it of new terminal versus old terminal at KCI when it comes to snow and ice. And is is there a is there a difference? Are we better suited to deal with it in the new terminal in any way? So I would say uh, runways and taxiways, no change at all. Um, right. We have people who are very passionate about the airport project, and uh, we're very sure to say it was a new airport terminal because most of our things weren't impacted. So right. streets inbound, sidewalks, um, our parking lots, our um our runways, taxiways, no impact. We are definitely seeing a, a difference in the ability with the horseshoe shaped versus the dead end alley shape of an eye. And so we have purchased as part of the project and that was uh, considered from the very beginning. Um, most airports are designed like we are. So we definitely learn from other best practices, lessons learned, but we had to invest in uh big equipment that actually can push those big piles of snow to the location then we can have front loaders into those um snow melters um, yeah and i've been made so much of, i've been calling the snow melters like I, it's such a unique um piece of equipment you're not going to see them most places um it's a large piece of equipment that's actually sits over a drain um, runs on diesel fuel heats up um, water and mm -hmm. then the um, the large uh, snow banks are are dumped into this uh, water, and I called it a hot tub, but that's the best way to describe it. <laughs> and it's um, it's 
it's melting that snow and putting it down to the drain. Is someone like, is that a, a drivable piece of equipment or you move it out there like by trailer or something like that? It's, it's a towable piece of equipment. Okay. Yeah. That you would so you really, it's, 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 it's like pulling a, a big pot of hot water out there to melt. Yeah. Snow. Uh, a big piece of almost like a, a tractor trailer size. Yeah. And they're going to park it. It's not going to be quite as high, maybe like a, a, a roll off dumpster and yeah. m- much more expensive, much more uh, sophisticated. But yeah. Park it there um, before snow events. Make sure it's ready to go, fueled up, and then uh, and then you're dumping snow, snow banks. Yeah. Wow. Uh, obviously, the interior of the new terminal versus the old terminal was a talking point for everybody. Are we going to have anything in it? And I'm sure, as someone in your position, you've probably been thankful more than once that there's a lot more to do and to occupy your time and to eat, even in the new terminal versus the old. If you have to sit for any period of time or there's you know god forbid you're snowed in at the airport or anything like that there's this this to me it seems like this terminal is is more likely to be comfortable for longer than the older one would have been yeah um the new terminals are are, is such a different experience than the old terminals uh kansas city locals and, and travelers um some have real vivid memories of being able to be dropped out the front door and on the airplane in in minutes and, and on their way. They didn't have an experience or very few experiences where they were stuck there. Yeah. Um, if you needed to use um restroom or to buy a cup of coffee or to um, get a sandwich, uh, your spaces were limited. And so with our new facility, it's such a larger facility, such a more well thought out. We really um looked at our passengers and what they want and what they need and what they ask for. And so um, spending a couple hours on a delay at the new facility is a significantly better experience for our passengers than um, the old terminal would have been. I mean, our goal is to get you through, have you on your way traveling to where you want to be traveling back into Kansas city and on your way. But if you're going to have to stay a while, it's a, it's a really great place to stay. Yeah. Most you've been so generous with your time. Last thing I want to ask you about is not necessarily snow and ice related. We're coming into the end of year one of this new terminal. You've been in the job of aviation director now for a couple of months, but a few months, but you've been with the aviation department. You were telling me for, for a long time. Um, now this is your baby for lack of a better, a better term. And it's a year old and hopefully has a, a, a long, 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 long life ahead of it. Uh, what are your, I'm kind of opening it up for you here. What are your reflections? What are your goals? What are your thoughts as you enter now year two of this big, shiny new terminal? Is it about keeping excitement about it, keeping pride about it? Because obviously a year in, people are going, yeah, we got we got a new terminal. We got an, a, That's great. It, what, what is it? You've got big events coming up in 2026 with the World Cup and that kind of thing. Is it specific moments like that? Is it maintaining something? What do you, what do you look at with this new terminal, especially as you are yourself hopefully have a long runway in the job that you've got. Yeah. Thanks for for that question. Um, This airport terminal is a a passion project for many people in our department. Um, We've been in community with our our stakeholders, with our residents, with our uh, region, really to have a front door for the city. And we take that job very seriously. Um, We love to hear comparisons about how now we ruined it for other cities 
and they can travel <laughs> somewhere else and they're like, um, well, our not, airport's so nice, this airport's not nice. Um, so we have that comparison, but we we believe it is our passion and our mission and our vision and our our whole sense of being is to have a space that travelers for leisure and, and personal and professional business that they come into Kansas City or leave out of Kansas City, that we are the front door. We're the first impression um, of our great city, our great region, and we will do everything we can to ensure that the building helps that experience be first class. And so we're focused on uh, making sure what we have stays nice, that we continue to embrace new technology, that we continue to grow with um, our passengers' needs. We hear um, or what our public is saying, what our passengers want, and we continue to grow. Uh, we are not, we're not stopping, we're not settled, and we will uh, continue to try to be the leader, the first class experience, uh, definitely for the rest of my career. Yeah. Well, uh, it's a, I mean, even if I haven't flown it, flown out of it, I've been in it several times and it's a beautiful, beautiful facility, as I'm sure you well know, and I know you're proud of it, but I, uh, I appreciate the insight today into the cold weather. Hopefully, hopefully this was your worst test already of the winter season. Hopefully, uh, you've got, you know, smoother sailing, so to speak for the rest of winter in Kansas city this year, but thank you for your time today. Thank you. I appreciate you. You bet. Have a good day. Thanks again for listening to episode 10 of now boarding a limited series podcast from KSHB 41. We'll have another episode for you next month. If you have questions or suggestions for people to interview, you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, or just email me at taylor.hymnus at kshb.com. Also, if you're a flight attendant, whether you're based in Kansas City or not, yours is a perspective I haven't heard yet. So if you'd be willing to chat with me, please reach out. See you next time.